In-depth analysis from former Wisconsin athletes, Gusser, Bruzowitz, Butch. This is the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, it was not a uh, great week for Wisconsin basketball. They go and lose at Purdue, then go to Iowa, play without Kobe King, who stayed home for a personal reason. They lose that game after leading by 12. And then Kobe King, on Wednesday, leaves the team, announcing he was going. it was not the right fit for him, and he is going to look elsewhere to uh, continue his basketball career. Later that night, Brad Davison is suspended for a game, for a flagrant foul late in the Iowa game, so he will miss the Michigan State game on Saturday. Again, it, it has not been a great week, and we'll get to our former Badgers, Brian Butch and Josh Gosser and Mike Bruzewitz coming up here in a little bit. But going to start with uh, my uh, co-host of our podcast, The Swing, Jesse Temple. Uh, because we, we did record a podcast this week, it was, uh, we recorded it Wednesday morning, pretty out of date by the time we were about to publish it. So wanted to bring Jesse on. We'll talk about the latest developments. Uh, again, we'll, we'll start with Kobe King. Uh, Jesse, when we talked uh, on Wednesday, we kind of thought that you know Kobe may not be back. Now it's official. What does this do to Wisconsin? What it, what is uh, big picture wise? What does this do to Wisconsin? Not maybe not just this year, but maybe long term. Well, I think it obviously changes a lot of roles within the team, and you know there are a lot of people that are upset with Kobe for making this decision. I, I would never begrudge a player for doing what he thinks is best for him. The timing certainly is curious, just because. There's basically six weeks left in the regular season and now nine regular season games, and Wisconsin's got to figure out how to play without one of the best players on the team. We saw some of the changes in the Iowa game because Wisconsin opted to start freshman forward Tyler Wall, and instead of a nine-man rotation, they had an eight-man rotation. So you're asking everybody to step up and play even more minutes, particularly in the backcourt. So that, to me, is the biggest change. And now you've lost your most dynamic scorer and one of the few guys on the team who, if you absolutely needed a bucket in the closing seconds or at a critical moment, he, he could probably get you one. So that those are some of the big issues that I think Wisconsin is going to have to deal with moving forward. Who do you think looks, I don't know, the worst out of this? Is it Greg Gard? Is it Kobe King? Is it, for all we know, and look, the, there's been a lot reported. There's a lot we don't know. What uh, we do know for sure, though, is that there was a, a difference of opinion between Kobe King and Greg Gard. There was an issue there. Kobe King nearly, uh, there were there were rumors, and, and uh, you'll hear from Josh Gosser in a little bit, that uh, it was close to uh, Kobe King leaving after his true freshman season. He held on and he stayed around. But do both look poor in this situation? Well, I think it's hard to answer that question because, as you said, we don't have all of the information and we may never know, obviously, what types of conversations went on behind the scenes. If if it was solely about Greg Gard, then no one else would have shown up for the game against Iowa, right? You know, what this is obviously a very important player at, at an interesting time of the season, but it, it's hard to say that this is all on the head coach and that players don't want to play for him. This is about one player. This isn't about the entire team. So I'm not going to say one person looks bad. I mean, I, I, Kobe, I think, has taken a lot of heat here, uh, and I can understand why people would be that frustrated. But I, I guess I would also ask, would you really want somebody to be around on a team if he, if he was miserable and didn't want to be there? That could infect the other guys for the last six weeks. So if he really didn't want to be there, it's better for him not to be there, and they can figure out how to move on even though it's not great timing. Do you think this has any long-term impact on the program? I think it's going to impact the perceptions of 
people. And, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about this, and I'm sure you saw, Zach, the, the Twitter conversation between Zach Showalter and Tyler Hero. Uh, and Tyler mentioned on Twitter that uh, he, he felt like people, the best players in the state, did not want to come play for Wisconsin because of the style of play. Uh, and I think that is a perception about Wisconsin. I, I, that to me is the thing that will probably wind up sticking out the most and people will want to talk about. And I don't, you know, Kobe was in this program for three years. He, he grew up in the state. He knew what Wisconsin basketball was. And I think it's different for different players. Sam Decker obviously came here and played pretty darn well. So did Bronson Koenig. And you've got the Davis brothers coming in uh, and, you know, some of the top rated players in the state for the 2020 class. So to me, I don't know how fair that conversation is, but it's certainly out there. And that's what I think will linger the most. Yeah, and the thing with Tyler Heroes, he was committed to that system for close to a year. You know what I mean? Like, he committed to right. that system, too. And to be fair about the thing with Kobe is he got the ball a ton. Like, I don't necessarily think, like, I mean, he got the ball in a lot of different situations. He got he got the ball in situations where he could succeed. It led to, you know, him averaging 12.6 points per game in, in Big Ten play, and he was he had grown as a player. I think this goes beyond style of play you know what I mean like I don't think that that was the top reason for him to leave and it's become the top reason everyone wants to point to uh that Greg Gard's system just isn't good enough and I and I think that is you're right that is the perception that's out there that everyone's going to be talking about but I think that's pretty unfair I that's exactly what I was getting at it I think it's missing the point about this individual circumstance and you're absolutely right Kobe's the second leading scorer on the team he took the third most shots I mean, he had ample opportunity. He was starting for the first time in his career and playing over 28 minutes a game. So I, I think people are sort of conflating two different things here. But again, that to me is what the perception will be about moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Again, to talk with Jesse Temple here from The Athletic uh, on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Now, the other news that came down yesterday was Brad Davis in suspension. And when we, when we did the show, uh, when we recorded the, the swing, we kind of talked about Brad and and um, you know whether it was a dirty play, the uh, the flagrant coming around the screen and his arm up underneath. We both thought that that a suspension might be a little bit much. The new Big Ten uh, commissioner did not, and he went ahead and suspended uh, Brad for the Michigan State game. Were you a little surprised by that decision by the Big Ten? Oh, I was very surprised um, because, as you mentioned, when we talked about it, I thought, well, the 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 most penalty he'll receive is that he got a flagrant one uh, that was upgraded, obviously, after they reviewed it, and Wisconsin wound up losing that game in the last minute. The Badgers never really had a chance after that that flagrant foul call. But I did think it was interesting that in the statement Wisconsin, or the Big Ten released on Davidson, uh, you know, they issued a public repri- reprimand. And in that reprimand, Kevin Warren said that a pattern of similar behavior had been previously established, and that had a, a reason to do with why this suspension came down on Davison. And the, the most obvious one that comes to mind would be the similar play that happened a couple seasons ago against Marquette. And so I just found that to be very interesting. There's no question that Davison has clearly developed a reputation as a player who involves himself in these types of situations. And I think it's a matter of perception, right? Whether yeah. I don't think he's a dirty player. Uh, I've said that before. I think he's extremely competitive, as we all know, and yet straddles the line between what people would deem to be just competitive and maybe going a little beyond, but that to me does not make someone automatically a dirty player, and so I do not think that is the case with Brad. But again, his reputation has preceded him here. I look at that play, and and you do you mentioned the pattern of similar behavior has been previously established. That was what the the quote from the commissioner. And I'm trying to think, did he get a flagrant for the for the Joey Hauser thing? 
Am I? Am I, I? I believe he did. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, they, so there at least there is on the record, and I wonder if when that happened, did they reach out to Wisconsin and ask, and tell them, you know, one more of these things, and you know, their suspension is coming. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know as well. I mean, it, I don't think that even knowing that would probably change how Brad plays the game. You know, he kind of plays it at one speed and he goes all out. Uh, but you're right. You know, the more you stack up these moments on tape, and those aren't the only two. Right. There's been plenty of others. Uh, the, the harder it is to say that this is just a, a one-off situation and that you won't see it again. Yeah, and it t- look, it totally goes against the type of person that Brad is. You know what I mean? Like, he is as, as nice of a guy as you could probably you can probably think of to deal with on a day-to-day basis as, as a member of the media. And, you know, it certainly, he's intense, but he's, he's, it's, it's not the same intensity as say, for instance, a Grayson Allen down at Duke, who uh, he has now drawn comparisons to, you know, Grayson Allen, I thought, you know, just really lost his composure at times. And uh, that's when he was tripping guys and throwing fits on the bench, like that is completely, that's not Brad, you know what I mean? So they're, they're two different things. They're two different guys and comparing them is, is a little bit unfair, but he will not be there when they take on Michigan state. Who's the one guy that, and it's probably not just one guy this to fill what close to 19 points a game between King and, uh, and Davison. Who's the one guy that, that does need to take a step up if they're going to pull that upset against Michigan state. Well, I may wind up eating crow on this once the game happens Saturday, but I don't know how Wisconsin comes back from this to beat Michigan State um, without two key starters. Uh, And so who's the one player? Well, you've lost two guards, so I don't don't think you could say Nate Reavers is the guy who's got to take the step forward. I I think it's got to be Demetrik Trice for starters, and we talked about this before. He's really made some big strides here the last couple games. He was excellent against Iowa. He was extremely good against Nebraska as well, so he's the one that I'm looking at. Um, and beyond that, now it's an eight-man rotation. So honestly, all eight of those guys have to play a little bit better. Is it an eight-man rotation for? I mean, it feels like it's down to seven for Saturday. They're going to throw Walt McGrory in there too. Oh, seven man, yeah, you're you're right. you're right. They might have to go with a seven rotate man rotation. Yeah, that, that you're probably right. I mean, I don't I don't know who else they would be able to use. So yeah, yeah, the, your two bench. Well. Who who I guess who would be the starting lineup? Now? Well, I think I mean, Pritz, who, who would you put in there? Well, I think it's going to be yeah. I mean, I think Pritzel takes over for Davison at the two. You know, what I mean, like I think they'll go that those two along with what they started uh, the front line with a Ford and Reavers and, and Anderson and, off the bench. Yeah, I think those are your two guys off the bench, and then I, I do think McGrory plays. So it's kind of it's going to be a flashback to seventeen eighteen season. Uh, where they were they were so dinged up and so injured because of Trice and King being out that they had to go with uh, Walt McGorry at times, and I think he ends up playing. Now, he had a, uh, an okay um, game earlier this year uh, where he kind of caught some people off guard. I think he may need to give them a few minutes because I think Demetri Trice at the end of the Iowa game was just drained, and I don't know if you can play him 37 minutes again, especially having to chase Cassius Winston all over the place. That's, that's going to be a, a challenge, I'll say that. And that's the other thing. You know, you lose a defender like Brad – who could potentially uh, help on Winston, and uh, now you don't have him. So that's uh, it is going to be a chore for Wisconsin to figure out a way to get by Michigan State if they do. To me, they have an opportunity to make a point uh, that they are a program, still a program that is more the the whole the sum of the parts as opposed to just the singular uh, part or player in this situation. This would be absolutely huge because Michigan's still sitting there at first place in the Big Ten. If the Badgers lose, then they're four games behind. And they're dropping further and further when every loss. I mean, it's just a muddled mess there. There's about six teams separated by a game. So, yeah, this would be big time. And if they lose, then they're on a three-game losing streak. And even though I think they're firmly in the NCAA tournament, 
then you're starting to question it a little bit as we start to evaluate who they could potentially beat down the road. So no question this is a big-time game, and, and this is the most significant challenge Wisconsin has faced all season without question given the personnel losses that have taken place here in the last few days. Yeah, no doubt. It has not been an easy last few months, uh, probably all the way dating back to, to May with Howard Moore's accident and coming up to this point. They're all Obviously, that is at a different level than any of the on-court and player issues that they've had, but uh, it has not been an easy few months for, for the Wisconsin basketball program, and uh, they'll have an opportunity to, uh, to bounce back on Saturday against Michigan State. Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks, Zach. All right, there he is, Jesse Temple from The Athletic. Coming up next, we'll check in with our first former Badger. It is Josh Gosser. You're listening to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now, back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. From back-to-back Final Four appearances and named three times to the Big Ten's all-defensive team, we hear from guard Josh Gusser. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, uh, Josh, it's been an eventful few days here for Wisconsin. They blow a uh, 12-point lead at the end of the uh, Iowa game. Then on Wednesday, it comes that uh, Kobe King is leaving the program. And also a couple hours later, Brad Davison suspended for a game uh, for his flagrant foul near the end of the Iowa game. So three things. Uh, not a great week for Wisconsin. Even after, I mean, and I guess you can throw Purdue in there as well. But I think the big news, obviously, is Kobe King's decision to leave the program. When you first heard it, what was your initial thought? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I was a little surprised, you know, when I first heard, heard the news. Uh, just because, you know, the timing was the, was the biggest thing. You know, I, there's been rumblings. This is obviously not something that Kobe just woke up one morning and was like, yeah, I'm leaving. It, it's been something that's on his mind for, for a couple months, even a couple years. Um, just, you know, wasn't happy with with whatever it is, the fit, the system, um, just the way things have gone. And so, you know, it wasn't a huge shock in terms of that he, he left the program. I just think the timing was a little weird. Um but, you know, it, it's it's what he thinks is in his best interest, and he's obviously thought it through for a long, long time. And if he's been, you know, thinking about it while playing, you know, probably not the best thing for anybody. So, you know, it's, it's obviously a tough situation for Wisconsin, but, you know, there's, there's no better time to rally together as a team and come together as a team than, than now in this situation. And have an opportunity coming up in a few days against Michigan State. Yeah, no doubt. Certainly there is opportunity to bounce back, but as a former player yourself, what would you be thinking in that locker room if, if one of your teammates – and I, I, I hesitate to use the word quit, but it kind of feels like that, kind of quit on you guys. He, he kind of quit on his team, and he's doing it for himself and if it's you know to each his own. But what would you be thinking if you were one of his teammates in that locker room and a guy just went and gave up on you? Yeah, um, you know, not the same situation, but had something similar with George Marshall leaving midway through the season, uh, I think my junior year. Uh, obviously, different circumstances because uh, George wasn't wasn't getting much playing time and was coming off the bench, whereas Kobe's, you know, leading scorer and, you know, playing big minutes. So a little different, but, you know, when, when it happened with George, it was, it was yeah, man, I, I respect your decision. It was, uh, wish you all the best. Let's stay in touch. And it was, it was like that. Um, I don't know if it would be the same with, with Kobe now, but at the same time, I think, you know, some guys on the team had an idea it was coming, you know, just talking through with them. Cause obviously they're, 
they're friends and that's just what you do. So I think some of the guys definitely respect his decision and, and wish him all the best. And then other guys are going to be a little more upset and, um, yeah, I think that they quit on him, but it's, uh, you know, I just fall in the, in the range where I just want, you know, the kid in the program to be successful. And I think if his best opportunity is to go somewhere else to be happy and be successful, then that's, that's on him. And, as long as the program, you know, can continue to grow and evolve and become, uh, continue to be successful. And, you know, I think it can be a win for everybody, like it was for George Marshall, like it was for Wisconsin when that happened. Uh, obviously, social media blew up when the news came down uh, Wednesday afternoon. It was not a pretty scene, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Probably some of the worst yeah. of, uh, of Twitter. You know, and, and obviously the big thing... I hate Twitter. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for, I for, okay, but hey, for, was it? I mean, Twitter in these situations is horrible. Uh, I think yeah. Twitter is extremely valuable in many situations, but in this situation, it just turns yeah. into a um, you know people fighting, and you're not. It's, and people fight, and there's no chance you're going to change their opinion. Like someone, you're not going to make the greatest point in the world, and all of a sudden, someone's going to change their mind. That's not how Twitter works. It's just you well, know, yeah, and you, and, you know, and you know, what it is. It's all negativity. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's either everyone, Kobe King is. Quitter, worst kid in the world. He, he's you know a terrible kid. Get him out of here. Or it's Greg Gard's killing the program. Get get him out of here. He should be fired. It's just all negativity. It's just how about you know, dang, it sucks. Kobe left. I'm a Wisconsin fan. I'd love him to be here. Right. Heck of a player. Seems like a great kid. Sucks for us. Uh, wish him all the best. And you know that's that's rally around the coaching staff and the players and the team. You know this is my program and you know that's that's continued to grow and get better and uh, supporting the team you know it's just it's so much negativity and in, in everything and it's just it's kind of exhausting and sickening this to see all the time personally i just i just don't like it yeah no i hear you on that i i certainly do i do have to ask though i mean you see at least one of your former teammates kind of stir up a hornet's nest with with something he tweeted uh zach showalter <laughs> tweeted uh some play for the name of the back of the jersey some play for the name on the front and uh, with a shrug emoji, that's. I mean, to each his own, right? Everybody can have their own yeah. opinion on anything. When you Absolutely. saw that, did you? Did, when you saw that, did you cringe or you like? Oh, okay, that's all right. No, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, I wouldn't do. I'm, I'm a private <laughs> person. I like to, you know, yeah. I like to talk to my friends, and, and I don't need to. Typically, don't like to stir things up too, too uh, out there. Yeah, that's just where I'm at these days. Um, but, you know, I thought it was, yeah, you stick it up for the program. That's that's what you should do as a former player. And it wasn't like he was, you know, doing anything too malicious uh, per se. But, you know, I personally like to stay a little further away from those things. And, and obviously it kind of blew up a little more with, with Tyler Hero getting involved and things like that. But it, it's all, you know, that's that's what Twitter is. It's, it's opinions. It's people talking and conversing. And that's what's great about it because you get people to shed their opinion. But it's also what is uh, very annoying about it is that everybody – know just just piles on each other and it's just all negative stuff it's very rarely you know positive constructive uh criticism yeah so you talked you said you talked to your teammates and or your former teammates or friends you know uh like texting that type of stuff i know you guys used to have a a text chain i'm assuming you still do what were Mm -hmm. what were what was kind of the feeling in those text chains uh on wednesday night uh yeah it's just kind of like you know why why is he leaving you know what what is he leaving for uh, I think it was just similar to to what I think in terms of, um, okay, he's le- he he wants to leave, fair enough, but why now? Yeah. You know, uh, just because of 
like you said, kind of the quitting on the team type thing. But even beyond that, just for, for the kid himself, you know, I've, I've gotten to know Kobe uh, a little bit. Uh, once they were friends, obviously. But, you know, gotten to know him. He's, he's just a great kid, a happy kid. I, I really enjoy his, his his company. I've always loved his game. Uh, I was, for himself, you know, I just don't, because he's going to be going to school here the rest of this, this semester. Right. You know, he's he's still on campus. He's still living here. He's still going to classes. He's obviously going to want to work out and play basketball <laughs> to stay in shape and, and continue to get better. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, there's only six weeks left. So it was kind of just for, for his personal sake, too, you know, probably could have been in the best interest for him to continue playing. However, I don't, I don't know how he's feeling. I don't know how unhappy he is. I don't know. Um, you want the kid to be happy, and this is what he felt was in the best interest of, of him in the future. And, you know, he's obviously, again, he's thought about it for a while, so it's not like it just after the Purdue game, yeah, I'm done. Right. It wasn't like that or anything. So, um, I don't know. It, that's kind of how everyone's mindset was a little. Um, everyone supports the program, supports Coach Guard, and, you know, because we obviously played played for him and, and in this program and understand how successful you can be as a team and individually. So, uh, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, again, talk with Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. All right, wanted to shift because obviously that wasn't the only news that came down on uh, on Wednesday. Also, Brad Davison suspended for one game for the Michigan State game for uh, the flagrant foul that he got. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk certainly after that game, but, you know, after others and debating whether Brad Davison is dirty. When you saw the play on Monday night, did you think it was a dirty play or was it just a stupid play? I... I Again, um, it's kind of a – I've gotten to know Brad very well over the years, and I I know for a fact that he's the complete – and you know this too – the complete opposite of a dirty person in yeah. terms of – I mean, he is the nicest kid in the world. If you were a father with a daughter, you would want your daughter to date Brad Davison. Yeah. I mean, he is a far better human being than I am and will ever be. It's, just, it's actually unbelievable. Yeah. Um, however, you know – it wasn't a dirty play, but it was certainly probably a flagrant foul, I would say. I don't necessarily agree with the, sus- the suspension. I don't think that play deserved a suspension. However, it's just an accumulation of things and kind of something that the league and the officials need to step up and, and kind of just make a statement. So, you know, I, I, when I saw it at first, I didn't think it was that bad. But as you continue to replay it and replay it and replay it and show all the previous stuff, then it's kind of like, yeah, how does that happen? Because I personally know that I've chased through thousands and thousands and thousands of screens in my life, and it's never happened for me. Right. Um, but I also know at the same time that he's not trying to do it. He doesn't, he honestly doesn't even know it's, it happened or it's happening. He, he isn't trying to do it. He, it, till talked to him the day after, he had no idea. He's like, I, I didn't even know what happened. I didn't know what I did. It's just, so it's nothing malicious. It's nothing dirty, but it's reality and it's happening. Something needs to, you know, kind of come from it. Yeah, no, no doubt he's going to miss. Uh, so n- not only will they not have Kobe King, they will not have Brad Davison come Saturday when they take on Michigan State. How do you how do you win this game? You know, you don't have. I mean, you're you're missing essentially eighteen point eight points per game, uh, but you're also missing obviously defensively Brad and a leader in Brad. How how do they how do they beat Michigan State, who's currently in the lead for the Big Ten? Yeah, well, you, I mean, like I said earlier, there's no better time to to rally together and come together as a team and, and really fight for each other and and play for each other in a, in a tough in a tough moment. So, uh, I, I definitely think they're going to come out, you know, guns blazing and and rallied with each other and 
and, and good things can happen when you do that. And I think that's kind of something that's been missing the past, uh, really all year. So, you know, I, I would love to see that. And then, you know, what, what's been our, you know, biggest asset all year has been our, our, you know, depth slash, you know, just who's going to step up. You never really know. There's a, a lot of guys who can, who can bring it. We never had a star. We never had a guy who was scoring 30 or anything. So, you know, just the next guy up, you know, Trevor Anderson get more minutes. Tyler Wall will get more minutes. Michael Potter will get more minutes. Robert Pitts will get more minutes. I don't think any of those things are a bad thing at all. You know, it's obviously tough to lose, you know, two good players, but it, all it does is give our guys an opportunity who aren't necessarily a huge step down. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And anytime we're playing on our home court, it's been pretty obvious that we're a far better team. So playing on our home court, crowd behind us, um, you know, I'm confident we can – we can make it a game and, and pull it out. It'll be interesting. This is an opportunity for them to show that, you know, not just for this team, but for the, the program in itself, it's, it's an opportunity for a statement, a program win, as in yeah. this program is bigger than more than one guy, whether it's Brad Davison or whether it's Kobe King or whether it's anybody else. They had that opportunity on Monday. They could not complete it. I feel like uh, Saturday is an opportunity to show that this program is more than just one guy at any one time. So, um, yeah. 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 We'll You're exactly see. right. You're playing for more than yourself. You're playing for, uh, you know, the whole state, the yeah. whole university, a very passionate fan base. You know, you got you know, rally with each other and, and do it for, for everyone else. You're right. As as uh, as actual Walter said, you're you're playing for the playing for the uh, yep. the, the uh, name exactly. on the front. Uh, Josh, yep. thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Josh Gosser, here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable, a McDonald's All-American, All-Big Ten First Team, and Big Ten Champion. We hear from Brian Butch. Now here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Brian Butch here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Brian, not a ton of things to talk about today. Uh, really, I had to stay up all night <laughs> trying to think of uh, questions for for you to, to answer, no, obviously, a couple of big stories. Certainly the first, uh, Kobe King leaving the program, obviously, and then also Brad Davison being suspended for the Michigan State game. We'll get into both of those. And uh, I just want to start, you know, when you saw the news come down that Kobe King was officially leaving the team, what were your first thoughts? First thoughts were I don't care <laughs> because that he's transferring. Yeah. I care about the time. And this is, this is the way I'll put it. And being a player, being in the locker room, the one thing you didn't want to do was disappoint your teammates. And is it fair to Brevin Pritzel, a senior? You always wanted to play for those seniors. You wanted, cause you know, you know, they've got only so many games left. Brevin Pritzel has so many games left. He's guaranteed, I think, 11 now. I think there's 10 Big Ten games left if I looked at that right, and won in the Big Ten tournament. That's what he's guaranteed. Yep. That's it. Like, that is it. <laughs> so you always wanted to play for those, and then the, to do it at this time, that's what I'm not in love with. Um, I wish Kobe nothing but the best. You've got to make the decisions for what you feel is right. We've all been 18 to 22 years old. We've, always, we've all thought that we've had the answers. We've all been in that. We've all been in those shoes. So I'm not going to criticize the decision. I'm not. I hey, Kobe's doing what he's got. But my thing is, at what point 
do you at some point say, hey, I'm going to buck, you know, I'm going to make sure that I take care of this and I, I buckle up here. I might not be happy, but I'm going to do it for that locker room. I'm not going to do it for Coach Guard. I'm not, I've been in plenty of locker rooms where I haven't liked my coach. Yeah. If that was the situation, I've been in plenty of locker rooms where, but it was always, hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to come together. I'm going to do it. And then at the end, you figure out what you need to figure out. Um, that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, and that's what I think is, is, a, is a shame. Uh, Twitter is in, in situations like this can become a little bit of a cesspool because you have yeah. people arguing on both ends and, both of them think they're right, and both of them think that they can tweet something that's going to make you change your mind, which obviously isn't going to happen. That's, that's just not how, how Twitter works. But you had a, a, a long thread uh, of tweets, and you had a quote on there. What was that quote about? Because it, it kind of feels like you feel that he's not taking responsibility for his own actions. And that's, that's more than anything, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Um, and and, and I, again, not quote, but just in general, I think we've become a society right now where we want to try to blame somebody else. And at what point, and I, and I put this in general, big life terms, because obviously but that the quote was related to it, but in, in general, I think we, you see this throughout, is if you go to an NBA team, are you going to have them change the system or are you going to adapt to it so that you fit in? And you look at the Purdue game, Kobe doesn't have any shot attempts. Is that on Coach Guard or is that on Kobe? Well, he, had, and, he did. He had five attempts. He missed all of them. Sorry, went for 0 for 5, sorry. Yeah. But doesn't make a basket. Is that on Coach Guard or is that on Kobe? Well, he's the one who took the shots, right? Right, you know what I mean? So at some point, you've got to adapt to the system that you're in. And you've got to take the responsibility and say, I need to change. I need to get better at this area, this area, and this area. Because, number one, it's going to help my teammates. Number two, it's where I'm, my strong point is. That's where I'm really good at. I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to continue to do that. So for me, I think that to, to me, the responsibility side of it, when you take ownership of your game, when you take responsibility of your game, that to me is what's kind of missing right now. Um, no different than work. You've got to take ownership in what you're doing, take responsibility, be accountable for what you're doing, and you'll see great things. There was a lot of things that when I played for Bo that I didn't do great. Well, guess what? He let me know about it. <laughs> yeah. We know that for sure. Right. But then it was up to me to fix it. You can't continue to beat your head against the wall if someone's telling you something and expect to get a different result. And I know, like I said, I, I've you know had a chance. I talk. I know Joe and Tuck and you know Coach Guard and Dean. All these guys are telling all of these guys to improve. All these players to improve in certain areas for a reason, not because they just enjoy it. But it's because it's going to help the team, number one, and it's going to help them grow as a player. And you can't continue to buck that. You've got to embrace that. And it's, it's tough because it's, that's called coaching, right? Like there's no secret there. That's coaching. And you've got to be coachable. And that's by just taking responsibility and realize, hey, if I improve at this and this and this, it's going to help us win games, number one. Number two, it's going to help me become a better basketball player. Right. Now, obviously, you played – for Bo, but Greg was an assistant on that team, and maybe yeah, and maybe his yeah. personality and maybe his I don't know his involvement in practice has changed because he's now the head coach. But how did you find him? Was he because you Bo was in your face yelling, name calling, not going to use the names that that, that uh, he, he called, but <laughs> like there like that was that was kind of what he was. What was Greg like? Because we see him, we we see him out in person and then out front, and he's completely different than Bo in that respect. What was he like behind closed doors in practice? 
Yeah, coach is fiery. Coach Guard is, it was was fiery in practice during film sessions when there was times that you weren't doing what you were supposed to. Obviously, Coach Ryan let him, but Coach Guard would jump in and say different things. Um, so he, there's a competitor in there. There's a fiery guy in there. He wants to win. He's going to do everything that he has to do to win. Does everybody see that? No. I think he does a great job of, of hiding his emotions. Hiding is probably the wrong word. Checking his emotions because as a leader, you can't be that. Like Very few people can do what Coach Ryan did and still get your guys to, to embrace that. Uh, and I think Coach uh, Guard has done a great job. But uh, as far as everything that's, that he's done and gone through and led this group with, I mean, I, there's not a better guy to lead it. There really isn't. I, I'm, I get sick of right now of the people of fire great guard. I mean, just look at his record, guys. Like, I mean, before we tweet stuff out, like you said, it becomes that successful. But, like, just look at what he's done and then look at what he's had to deal with through everything. Um, this program over the last 12 months has had to deal with a lot yeah, and a lot more things than just basketball. And that's the thing that uh, I'd love to see if Coach Guy could just have a year where he could coach basketball. Yeah, and obviously it, it started certainly with the Howard Moore situation in May, and I'm, I'm wondering if you know Kobe was able to stick around as a true freshman, stuck around last year. Do you think Howard's absence at all impacted this, and, and maybe that Howard was kind of a go-between and, and was kind of a guy that, that Kobe could rely on? Or, you know, I'm sure he's had that opportunity. He can do that with Alondo and uh, with Joe, but it Howard was a different guy, you know, just yeah. in terms of his personality and just the way that he was around people. I, I wonder if, you, in your opinion, whether that may have uh, impacted this at all. That, that's a great question. Um, that is a fantastic question, and I wish we could ask Howard that question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I wish I could sit there and say, but I truly don't. Right. Um. But it wouldn't surprise you, right? I mean, like just it the, won, not one bit. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, Coach Moore was—he was, and it, it, it still is, and he's still continuing to fight. And hey, more, you know, again, say a prayer every day for him. Um, but it's one of those where, it's, as an assistant coach, you're a go-between, and that's that's what your job is—an assistant coach. Um, and he was Coach Moore is so good at that because through the ups and downs that a season is, and that's what seasons are. I don't think there's been an single season where I was super high or super low. It, it has peaks and valleys. Um, and, and for me, you always during the valleys, you had the assistant coaches. For me, it was Gary and Greg and um, you know Howard. You would go to them and you, they would just bring you back up so that you could get to the level that you needed to be at. Uh, so that's a, that's a great question. I think you're probably right, uh, but I don't want to assume anything. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, for sure. I think, I think you're... I, I would. I think that's probably pretty spot on. Yeah, obviously the the Kobe situation is is a part of this, uh, but the other, the, the life goes on, right? So Kobe King's gone. He's he's not part yeah. of this team anymore. Looking ahead to Michigan State, they also lose Brad Davison, who's uh, going to miss the game because he is suspended for uh, the flagrant foul that he got against uh, Iowa towards the end of that game that also essentially ended their chances of winning that game. When you look at Brad and just the type of player he is, and and uh, obviously you've been around him, you've talked to him, it's totally like his on-court demeanor and his off-court demeanor just does not mesh with some of the plays that he makes, right? I mean, because he is, he is as nice of a guy as you could possibly hope. And, oh, for sure. And, and he he battles and he tries as hard, you know, tries as hard as anybody. And it just it doesn't add up, I think, with the idea that he is also – 
what some people would call a dirty player and now is suspended. Yeah, for me, what the suspension comes out when you read through it, it's uh, continual acts. And yep. To me, that's the thing that I jumped out at. Um, for sure. Because <clears throat> the charge, and I think it was a narrative that started with the NC State game and all the charges that were taken. Those are not dirty plays. I, those are just good basketball plays. But that was the narrative that started. And because that narrative started, then it trickled down. And then other fan bases grabbed it, and now that is the, the image. Um, everything up to that, I didn't really have a problem with. This last play, the only and then what I'm trying to wrap my head around, because the technique that's taught to get around that screen is you drop your shoulder and you go around that hip and you clip the hip. It's, it's a great saying, but you get the shoulder, you clip that hip, you get around it, and you can trail that screen perfect. It's great technique. It's effective. It's awesome. That's the way Bo taught it. That's the way Greg teaches it. That's the way a lot of college coaches teach it. So I'm just confused on the technique part of it. Now, that being said, we know Brad was coming off some injuries. We know there were some issues there. Could he? Could his body allow him to get around it, or was he trying to you know, do whatever he could do as a competitor to try to get around that screen? That's the questions that I don't know. I'm going to give benefit of the doubt and say that's probably what it was, is that as a competitor you're trying to find a way to, do, to, to compete, yeah. to get over that screen, and your body's not allowing you to do it, so you're trying anything possible that you can do. Um, but it's been... Like I said, the one thing that I don't understand is the, is the technique because he does it on every other play. He's great at it. Uh, so I'm, that's the part where I'm just, mm. but I think more than anything, like it's the competitor in him. Right. You're just trying to find a way to get a job done. Yeah, no, that's and that's totally him, and it's been him since he started. And I know that there's some fans that that love that about him, and there's other people that, you know, it's just because of these these dirty fouls, they, they've kind of turned on him. I think it also has a little bit to do with the fact that he's not scoring and shooting as well as maybe he uh, they think he could or he should or he, whatever it is. There is not the un, unwavering support uh, that uh, certain players get no matter what. And he'll have to sit, uh, sit one out on Saturday. And if you're Greg Gard, if you're the Badgers, how do you approach this in dealing with Michigan State, who is the top team in the in the conference, or at least you know you know in that race for the Big Ten lead? How do you address dealing with that and with a with a now a shortened bench, no Brad Davison, no Kobe King? How do you beat Michigan State? It's us against the world mentality. It's uh, you know you walk if I'm Coach Guard, I walk in that locker room after everything that's happened and say I don't care about the outside noise. You're either with us or you're against us. You create that mentality. And then you let the guys play. And I don't think there's a game plan. That's As coaches, you've got a rotation sheet that you want to get to. You know when guys want to rotate, when you want to put a guy in, the matchups you want to create, the lineups you want to play with. You've got all that as you head into a game. They put it right that When you look at the, the suit coat, that little card that goes in, that's all that stuff that they've got on there that they've thought about through in game plan ones. I don't know if Coach Guard should even have one this game. <laughs> Because there's not, you don't know. So you're going to go with the five guys that are going to play the hardest. That being said, I think you'll see a lot of Micah Potter and Nate Reavers on the floor together, which is a good thing. Uh, I think that's now, depending on how uh, Micah's ankle is and, and his injury, but I think you'll see those guys a lot on the floor. And then as far as the guard spot, who, who's going to compete? Who's going to play hard? And then you're going to roll the dice and you're going to just see what happens. I'll say this. 
I thought that this Badger team against Iowa competed really, really hard. Yeah. When they could, when when it was a situation where they got embarrassed against Purdue, they came out on Monday night and they could have separated and all gone their own ways, or they could have came together. They came together as a group. I think that's a great job of coaching. I also think it's a great job of leadership within that locker room from those guys because the best teams have the leadership in the locker room first. Yeah, no doubt. And it's going to be a tough task, but uh, this is an opportunity for a program win, I think is what you would, you know, this is this would be the epitome of a program win for Wisconsin. Obviously, all the, you know, the sum of the parts being greater than the individual parts, and they'll have that opportunity on Saturday against Michigan State. Brian, thank you very much. Uh, we'll catch up next week. All right, sounds great. Thanks. All right, there he is, Brian Butch. Coming up next, uh, it is Mike Bruzewitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now, back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. No stranger to the NCAA Tournament and Rebound Machine. Forward, Mike Buzowitz. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Mike Buzowitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Mike, uh, you are the third former Badger we talked to today already. Obviously, Brian Butch and Josh Gosser earlier in the in the show, and I asked them about what they thought when they first heard that uh, Kobe King was leaving, and uh, both of them had mixed reactions. I'm guessing uh, you had one as well. What was your take? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different sides to this coin with Kobe King leaving the team. Um, well, I was just kind of shocked at the timing of it. Um like we had said, you know, before we even got on the air, the timing is a little bit uh, just odd in terms of even for making the best decision for himself. Um, like you'd said, uh, possibly, you know, transferring at the semester so he can maybe go get um, another year of eligibility. Um, but, you know, also that might have, things might have been going a little bit better earlier in the year, you know, before December, December 24th rolled around the 23rd, whenever the semester ends. So, you know, maybe some things have escalated pretty quickly in the last month. Um, month and a uh, couple of weeks. So for me, it was interesting to read on Twitter the amount of hate that is coming Kobe King's way as well as Coach Guard's way. Um, it's pretty interesting, the dichotomy of, you know, Badger fans, you guys are a little nutty. We get it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some people are hating on Coach Guard. Some people are hating on Kobe King. Um, but, you know, they're all speculating on what, what's going on there. They don't actually understand the, the dynamics that goes into, you know, coaching and, and goes into a, a decision like this that Kobe has uh, just made. We, we've seen some of his teammates come out, uh, quite a few actually come out and, and support him. What would uh, your reaction have been if you were in that locker room? And obviously you don't know exactly what all transpired, but what would your reaction have been if, if a guy left you in, in late January, early February, a guy who was that important to your team leaving in that situation? Um, it, it would definitely be difficult. Um, but, you know, at that point, you know, I, I would have to try and side with him. You know, I, it, it depends on my relationship with the guy. Obviously, you know, I've had good relationships with teammates and bad ones, but um, not bad ones, just, you know, relationships that I don't uh, hang out with, you know, extend right. past the game or the, the basketball court. Um, but for him, you know, it's, it's got to be support because these guys are probably friends, um, you know, off the floor and they spent a lot of time with each other. And I'm sure um, there was some conversations with a couple of those guys. Um, you know, I think I very specifically read somebody was hating on Nate Reavers for a tweet that he put out in support of Kobe King. But I feel like maybe that was one of his boys. And, you know, they probably discussed a lot of what was going on and how they were feeling. So 
I think there was a lot more discussion than people know um, what was actually going on. This definitely wasn't a, uh, you know, fly by the seat of your pants kind of decision. And um, if, if something like this happened to me, you know, it, it's happened to me now more as a professional player. I've gotten cut. I've gotten um, I've changed teams. I've left teams. Guys have come into teams that I've been on. So it's a little bit more normal for me. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the college setting, it would definitely have been much, much different. And um, I, I think I would just have to support him at that point just because, you know, he's he's going through some things that he needs to get done. And um, he wants to better himself and put himself in a different situation. And even though he, you know, he's making the hard decision to leave, he's also having a hard decision of, you know, he's got to come into a new environment. He's got to do a lot of things on his own. So trying to give him a hard time for leaving, he's already walking into a difficult situation no matter where he goes. So I would just be uh, as supportive as possible. Now, Big picture for Wisconsin, and this is, uh, I believe he's the sixth scholarship player to leave the Badgers uh, since Greg Gard took over. He's a little bit different because he was such an important piece of the team and he was playing so many minutes and taking so many shots and scoring so many points. Like he was, This was not like a, for a lack of playing time or anything like that. Do you have a concern, though, that uh, guys are, are leaving like this, or is this just college basketball these days? This is, uh, this is college basketball these days. This is college athletics these days. Um, and this is also a little bit more of player empowerment. So it's kind of trickling down from the NBA um, and professional sports into the college ranks. And especially as, as we kind of move towards, you know, that line of amateurism is super blurred right now. So guys are trying to, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that they have at their hand. And, and for Kobe, you know, I wish him the best. And I think, I think for him, um, you know, people are talking about Coach Guard and the style and that's why guys are leaving and you know that's that's something that can be said you know for me when I was getting recruited by Wisconsin the style wasn't necessarily super important for me I was more interested in winning games yeah um, and being a winner and that that was a big thing for me but you know in hindsight if I could talk to myself going back um, to being recruited you know maybe I would have picked a little bit of different style you know in terms of understanding where I was trying to get to to make money playing professional basketball and um, you know, Wisconsin has done a great job of preparing me for a lot of little things and, and, and a lot of things um, at the next level. But it also, um, you know, it has its, its pitfalls as well um, in terms of the style of play. It's a little bit slower as you as you age up and get into the professional game. Um, the style that we played at, at Wisconsin is, is not even close to what the obviously the NBA is, but even in European basketball. Um, there's some similar concepts, you know, defensively and everything like that. But as he moves up and progresses, the style that they have is very, very different, and it's definitely not a pro style. It's more of a college-style game, um, and that's based off of shot clock and a lot of other things. So for Kobe, it's it's one of those things I think he's making the decision um, based on his future, not necessarily what's happening right now. Yeah. The other news that came down was Brad Davison getting suspended for a game for his uh, flagrant foul at the end of the Iowa game. Surprised at all? That, uh, that that was that, or is it just because he's kind of got the reputation of being a physical player that some have called dirty? Um, I think, you know, I think he, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because of his past reputation. I saw the play, um, and you can see he opens and closes a fist, and that's kind of what it is. In, in real time, that's really challenging to call. Yeah. Um, but, but I also know how, you know, Wisconsin teaches getting through screens. So, you know, they teach that inside arm and you can wrap and you try and get your inside shoulder around. And sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, I even wrap my arms around guys' hips or, you know, I've grabbed guys' insides legs um, before just to get a better angle around the screen. It's definitely a foul um, in terms of what, what it looked like. It just didn't look good. Right. The optics, the optics weren't great. So, you know, that's a big thing for a referee 
is the optics going around um, and especially when it gets slowed down so much and they know that there's you know a big 10 camera watching there's viewers on tv watching as well as there's usually a jumbotron in this in the stadium getting to review that play so for them i, I, I agree with the, what the referees had, had called and in terms of the suspension it, it is what it is at this point and the badgers got to uh, got to deal with it this next uh, this next game against michigan state yeah they they definitely do do you think this will impact him moving forward do you think it's something where he'll have to change the way he plays because it feels like he plays one way and that's just the way it's going to be um i don't think it'll change anything um i think he still is going to go uh, extremely hard and, and play extremely hard that's you know that's one of his calling cards um he's always played extremely extremely hard and um, a tough-nosed guy um, in terms of, you know, maybe just having to clean up some small stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's slowed down. You know, they had the Minnesota tripping thing or whatever last year. So everybody's kind of slowed down. And in the age of slow motion and cameras, everything can look blatant, crazy. So I think he just he's going to stay the same. There's, there's nothing that's going to change about him um, in terms of how he works and how he plays the game. Because, like you said, he's been doing it for, what, 22 years now? I don't think he's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, probably not, and they're gonna they're gonna have to play without him uh, on Saturday when they take on Michigan State. We'll see if they can they can pull that upset. Mike, thank you very much. Uh, we'll catch up next week. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. And there he is, Mike Bruzewitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. That is going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Obviously, look back at the Michigan State game and uh, see how the Badgers were able to overcome the loss of uh, both Kobe King and uh, Brad Davison. Certainly appreciate everybody listening. Until then, this has been the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable.